0: It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for his return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Are you easily deceived? Every single person is tempted. Even Jesus was tempted. How do we recognize what comes from the Lord and what is from Satan? In today's Prophecy Update, Pastor J.D. talks about the signs that we should look out for when trying to decide whether something is from the Lord. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on September 4th, 2022.
1: I want to appeal please hear my heart on this, okay? I want to appeal to your God-given common sense, and I want to ask an honest question. Do you believe that all of this will just go away, and life will return to normal? Well come on pastor, I mean things are kind of getting back to normal. They've lifted. Oh, good. I'm so glad you're nodding your head, and thank you. I love you so much. (laughs) Don't ever change, by the way. (laughs) You know better, don't you? You see right through it, right? I want to ask the same question in a different way, and I'm going somewhere with this, so please just again hang in there with me. Do you believe that the current prophetic trajectory as it relates to all of this will just somehow abruptly stop. In other words, this momentum now that's been created, the systems in place, they're moving in this direction, this is the trajectory economically, financially, globally. Do you think at any point someone is going to, whether it's, you know, the World Economic Forum or whoever, is going to get up there and say, you know what? we're good now. We made it. It's, it's over. I'll tell you why that'll never happen, and that what's going to happen is what we're told will happen in the Bible concerning the prophecies in the Bible, because they have to keep fear alive. They have to keep fear alive. And this is why it is, by the way, and I I say this with, I I say this lovingly, and again, the Lord knows my heart, but it is so heartbreaking for me when I go out and about, which isn't very often. And I would venture to say conservatively that about 85% of the people are wearing a mask outside or in their car by themselves. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry I'm not laughing. It, I, I'm heartbroken by that, because they bought the lie. And fear is powerful, right? As long as they can keep fear alive, they can keep people wearing masks, they can keep people standing in line to get their 310th booster shot. It's all fear. And the Lord's not given us a spirit of fear. This is the devil who does this. It's all fear. Well here's where I'm going with this, and I, I just, please know that I don't mean to be mean when I say this. But if you don't believe that this is it, I believe you're deceived and you're living in fear and not living by faith. And I just would implore you, please don't be deceived. How many times throughout Scripture are we admonished and exhorted to not be deceived? Jesus when he answered the disciples question about the end the end of the world. Listen, I for two and a half years, I have been saying the same thing. It's like the one string on my guitar. <laughs> I don't play guitar. That's why I only have one string. But this is the end. This is how it ends. And personally, I, again, the Lord knows my heart. I'm just speaking from my heart. I struggle greatly. I struggle greatly because many that I loved and respected are talking like and acting like, hey, this is not the end. And they're living their lives like, hey, we've got the next generation to think about. You do? What what kind of world are we going to leave to the next generation? I don't think like that. I think we're the last generation that's going to leave this world. We're not going to leave this world to another generation. We are that generation that's going to leave this world. We're the last generation. This is it. This is the end. Well, I don't believe that. Well, I think you're deceived. I'm just the truth and love. I'm speaking the truth in love. You're deceived, because you believe that somehow this is going to all just go to the dust heap of history, and we've got, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Listen, the earth isn't going to last that long. And the flesh on the earth isn't going to last that long. No flesh would survive unless God said, that's it, the end. Because if it's not the end, no flesh is going to survive. My creation is not going to survive. Man whom I've made in my image will not survive. Can you, and I'll, I'll well, I don't want to make a promise I can't keep. Maybe this isn't the last <laughs> thing I'll say on this, but I, I want you to—I want you to think through this. Do you really believe? I mean, can you see ten years out? I can't. I can't. With the way things are going and how fast things are moving, do you see ten years out? I don't. So, if we have these prophecies, very detailed prophecies, specific prophecies in the book of Revelation, that will ultimately be fulfilled in the seven-year tribulation, beginning to come to pass now. Uh, How do you reasonably, logically surmise that we've got 10, 20 years left. Now don't get me wrong, I have long-term plans, but those long-term plans don't have me. I'm going to occupy till He comes. I'm going to live every day like it's today. And I'm also going to live every day like it's not today, because I want to be ready on that day. And here's, okay, good thing I didn't make that promise. Here's one more thing. Notice I didn't say one last thing. When I stand before God, and I will stand before God and give an account, I want him to say to me, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have the blood of no one on your hands because you warned them. See, I would rather stand up here and warn you, this is it, and have it not be it, than not warn you, only to have this be it. In other words, I'd rather sound the alarm and have it not happen as soon as we all want it to happen, as opposed to not sounding the alarm only to have it happen. I never want anybody saying to me, why didn't you tell me? What I don't want to hear, and I cringe to even imagine it, is the Lord saying, Why didn't you warn my people as a watchman of what was coming? Now the blood is on your hands. See, if you warn them about what's coming and they don't take heed, there's no blood on your hands. It's on them now. So there you go. (laughs) It's on you now. See how I did that? It was pretty uh, smooth, wasn't it? Took all the responsibility off of me. Will I do so in a sanctified way? Well, let's end, I'll end the way we began, by saying that one need only follow the money to realize that this is how it will end, and this is when it will end, because this is the end. This is the end. And this is why it is that we end every update with the gospel, the good news. What's the good news? Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 15, the first four verses, came fully God, fully man. And He died, went to His death in our place as our substitute and paid in full for all of our sins, and He rose again from the dead and defeated death, and He went to the right hand of the Father, and He promised that when He would go that He would prepare a place for us. And if it were not so, He would not have told us that He goes to prepare a place for us in His Father's house as a bridal chamber, and He's going to come back for us That's not the second coming. He's going to come back and take us to that place He prepared for us. That's the rapture. That's the rapture from the Savior Himself. He's going to take us to that place He prepared for us. That's the good news. That's the gospel. Well, the ABC's of salvation we also end with, and it's just a Simple childlike explanation of salvation. It's not a formula. It's not an insert tab A in slot B to be saved. No. It's just a simple way to share the gospel with someone. And this first one, the A, is so important because it has to start here. There has to be this acknowledging, this admitting that I've sinned. I've broken God's law. I've transgressed God's perfect standard of righteousness because unless and until I acknowledge that I'm a sinner, I have no interest in the Savior. And sometimes we have to go back to the law, which is a mirror that shows us, us as God sees us. And the mirror of His perfect law shows us that we've broken that law. And if I've even just broken one of those Ten Commandments, it's like breaking all of them. And now the Holy Spirit rushes in and says, now that you've seen that you've broken the law, here, take my hand. I'm going to take you to the one who fulfilled the law, Jesus the Christ. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. Romans 3.10 says, there is no unrighteous not even one. And Romans three twenty three tells us why. It's because all, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners, which is why we must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven, born again of the Spirit of God. Now Romans 6.23 is most interesting because it sort of packages the bad news first with the good news. And I know this isn't proper English, but the badder the bad news is, the gooder the good news will be. Well, this is really bad, because there's a penalty for that sin, and it's the death penalty, because the wages of sin is death. Someone has to die to pay the penalty for your sin. And that's where Jesus comes in. says, I will pay the penalty for your sin. I will die for you instead of you, in place of you, because I love you. And that's the good news. Because, see, when I pay in full, it is finished, paid in full, with His blood, the blood of the Lamb, for the remission of all of my sin. Paid in full. And so he paid it, and now he paid the purchase price for the gift that now he offers me. And that's the good news, because it's the gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't have to pay for it? No, he paid for it. So that's why it's a gift. All I do is receive this gift by faith. I am saved by grace through faith not of myself. It's not of works, lest any of us should boast, and we absolutely would, right? It's the gift of God, not of works. The B, very central, by the way, it comes as a result of the A. Once you've acknowledged and admitted and seen yourself in your true condition, as a sinner deserving of death, that's where you now believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Just believe, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe would not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And that brings us to the C lastly, which is simply for call upon the name of the Lord. Or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And Romans ten thirteen. lastly, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. He will in no wise cast out anyone who calls upon him. It's that simple. I want to end with the but God testimony for today. It comes from Jane Schoenauer, hope I'm pronouncing your name right, who writes, Dear Pastor Farag, I have been attending your church online from Virginia for about two and a half years. Oh, how I wish I could attend in person, as I've always wanted to visit Hawaii. I've been a Southern Baptist for probably over 40 years. And I faithfully attended church. About a year or so before the COVID pandemic hit, I started to get disillusioned with the church. I began to pray for wisdom and discernment. When the pandemic hit, my first thought was, this is it. Ah, it's a woman after my heart. (laughs) The beginning of the end. Through the years, as I had read and studied Revelation, I would wonder, how in the world will this come to pass? Enter COVID. And I knew this is how it would come to pass. Our church insisted on the wearing of masks, and they were pushing the vax. Other churches around us were doing the same. Some even were vax centers. My husband, being a deacon, tried to tell the other deacons what we believed was happening. They ridiculed him and refused to believe it. We left the church and have not been back. God led me to your website, and I've been blessed by your messages. I love your passion and your sense of humor. I love you. (laughs) You love my sense of humor. Wow. Thank you for telling the truth. I don't have a choice. This is my but God testimony. It is not very dramatic, like most that you have read. I would beg to differ, by the way. But I wanted to tell you just the same. Our youngest daughter, Emily, is a school nurse and an advocate for the children. When the children came back to school after the lockdowns, they were, of course, required to wear a mask. Not all parents agreed with that, and a meeting was held for parents to present their case. As the school nurse, she was at the meeting. She wanted to get up and address the school board and tell them her opinion of the masks, which she was against, but she was afraid of losing her job. She was actually shaking, but God gave her the courage to address the school board. The meeting was not a success masks would be required. Emily then stood up and boldly told the school board that when a student came into her clinic, school nurse, they would be able to take off their mask, because she was not afraid, fear of COVID. Thankfully, she did not lose her job. That's the Lord. The oldest, Ellen, is a nurse practitioner, and has been telling her patients that if they don't want the vax, they don't have to get it, much to her patient's surprise. Many don't want it and have been ridiculed and yelled at by other health providers. Both daughters believe the vax was nothing but an experimental drug to reduce the population. That's exactly what it is. Both were afraid of losing their jobs because they refused to take the jab. We prayed. Thankfully, Emily did not lose her job. Ellen submitted a religious exemption, but it was denied, and she lost her job. But God provided her with a new job, a better job. Both our daughters have become disillusioned with what is happening in the medical field, but they are striving to give their patients the best medical care they can. Praise God. I praise God for my girls and the courage that God gives them. Praise the Lord. I hope that's an encouragement to you. Father in heaven, thank you so much. Lord, I know this was a little heavy today. They usually are and have been, but they need to be they need to be. Lord, I thank You for Bible prophecy. I thank You, Lord, for telling us what's going to happen before it happens, so that when we start seeing it begin to happen, it has that much needed effect of opening our eyes and bringing us to that place where we realize that what you said is true. It's coming to pass exactly as you said it would. And so Lord, that means only one thing, you're coming back. You're at the door, and we want to be found ready, watching, occupying certainly, but watching. And for those who don't know you, I pray. Lord, I I plead. (laughs) May today be the day of their salvation, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: We're so glad you joined us for this prophecy update on In Spirit and Truth. Do the things you hear about on this program cause you to feel unsettled? Perhaps there are too many things coming into play that make you stop and wonder if you're truly living in the end times. If that's the case, we hope that through these updates, you are reminded of God's faithfulness through his word and that his promises will be fulfilled. This can be a benefit to you. Being around other believers can give you support regarding these things that are happening around you. If you're in the area and haven't found a church home yet, we invite you to come visit us and get to know the heart behind this ministry. You can join us for a time of worship at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. for Bible study with Pastor JD. If you'd like more information on joining us or for additional resources, go to jdfarag.org and scroll to the bottom of the page. That's J-D-F-A-R-A-G There, you'll find a Calvary link that will take you to the church's website. While you're at our website, be sure to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. Another interesting point of reference is a tab that says ABCs. This is useful for anyone seeking and wanting to find out more about Jesus and his love for you as an individual. That's all available at our website. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. Join Pastor JD for another edition of In Spirit and Truth.